Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 13 of the Get Around Podcast. We have reached a baker's dozen. Last week we were, we were at a dozen, and now we're at a baker's dozen, which I've been told is when the baker gives you 12 of something, like 12 donuts, 12 scones, whatever, and then throws in an extra one just to be nice. So that's a baker's dozen. So here we are on episode number 13, baker's dozen of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley. And alongside me this week, we have, once again, guest host from 7 and 4 Sports, Harrison Beebe. He is very excited because he has a new pair of pants on today. And, uh, and I'm a four-timer now and for the yes. get-around. Yeah, and pretty soon you get to be in the uh, the five-timers club. We get you a, a nice uh, smoking jacket and a cigar. That's the only reason I'm here. Just like Saturday, uh, Saturday Night Live does. Yeah. So it's... you'll be good to go there. Do I, have a, do I need to do a monologue then? Yeah, you're going to have to, about 15 minutes. Is that all right? Can I just rip off that Chance the Rapper hockey skit? That was Absolutely. That was, that was probably. I got that on the air the other night, actually. That was one of the funniest things that I have ever seen. You know what? We're actually going to take a break right now and we're going to play the audio from that so enjoy that and then we'll come back luckily laszlo holmes who usually covers the knicks for us here at msg is filling in for paul while he's out he's down there ringside now how you doing down there laz uh in a word cold uh very cold all around here uh no i'm just playing i'm i'm having fun here at the hockey game uh lots of fun hockey going on lots of white dudes on skates, running into each other at full speed. I don't get it. Now I'm just messing around. Uh, but very different from working at the Knicks games. Much colder. Laz, what's your impression of the game so far? Well, Dale, uh, the story of the game is one of the main guys on the Rangers don't know how to say his name. It has like 30 letters in it. None of them are vowels. Uh, he's playing great which is crazy because he got in a full fist fight in the first minute of the game. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Uh, I miss the Knicks. I, I'm just kidding. Uh, Laszlo Holmes, very cold, rinkside, Rangers versus Oilies. Now, Laz, I want to talk about this Ranger offense. You should do that. <laughs> I meant with you, Laz. Now, they came out of the box with an aggressive offense we haven't seen from them in a while. That's what's up. From down there on the ice, who do you think really made a difference in the first period? Definitely the hockey players, Chrissy. Uh, they were the ones who got all the scores. Uh, and then you got the goalie wearing every pad in the world uh, and baseball gloves. He's working very hard, too. It is so cold. Hey, hey, Laz, I see one of the players there. I wonder if you could get a few questions in. Great, uh, let's talk to him. Come on over here, dude. Okay, I'm here with, can you turn around so I can get a name? Yes, that is a S, a K, and a J all next to each other, so that's a nope. Uh, I'm, he I'm here with my main man. And I gotta know, in the next period, how you gonna do that hockey? Well, uh, you know, we just gotta keep the pressure up and uh, stay out of the box. That's what's up. And uh, we gotta watch the icing calls. Uh, Coach said uh, we were icing so much we could open a bakery. <laughs> <laughs> I do not get that. Yeah, but uh, we, we really just gotta play smart, uh, keep moving the puck, and avoid those five-minute majors. This man has said it all. Uh, let me ask, are you also cold as hell? Uh, no, kind of hot, actually. Yes, I'm very cold. Uh, so that's the story here in hell. Back to you guys in the booth. All right, we are back from good old Chance the Rapper. We've left chilly Madison Square Garden. We have, yeah, it's cold. Reporting to you from hell, uh, we are... It's an S, a K, and a J, so that's a nope. <laughs> What we should do is just repeat all the lines from what they just listened to. That's that's what we should this do. This is kind of a good topic to bring up with our trifecta topic coming up, except the reversal role of, a, you know, instead of talking about the good interviewers, talk about the bad interviewers. Yes, and sometimes I can be a bad interviewer. Oh, I definitely can. But All right, so alongside Harrison Beebe is also uh, the... As we have discussed, the preeminent force in sports in northern Michigan, Star and that Wars is reference. the one, the only, James Cook. Of course, the, you can't be the one and only because your Twitter handle, or Twitter, your Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> and the fact that there's 10,000 James started, Cooks. Folks. It is already started. 
Happy you can't Monday. be the one and only because your Twitter handle is at James Cook 14. So there are at least 13 other at James Cookses on at, Twitter. At, at least. At, very, if, at the very if least. If not more. I'm, I tried to be 13 because 13 is like my lucky number, and this is thir- podcast number 13. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be. Oh, so wait, is that but, but wait? That's a thing, though, available. right? Should we actually? Should this not be thirteen? It would be unlucky to have this. So like, when no, it's in, my thirteenth is my lucky number, man. Well, I don't care Baker's about you. I'm caring, I care about thirteenth one is free. This podcast also free ninety nine. Yes, it is always free, except for us. We have to pay SoundCloud to host this. Which, but out of but out of thirteen, we got Harrison as the four timer now. He's yeah. catching up with Brett. Brett yeah, Brett yeah. Watch honestly, out. Brett is. I might just it, take over his job altogether. Which more than likely you're going to be here when I'm out, and you're going to be here when James is out. So. Don't scare the people that much. All right, <laughs> so we do have a fine and fantastic show for you today as we get around the sports world. Just like that's kind of why we named that's it name. that. Yeah. Harrison never figured that out. He was like, why? I figured why, it out. I just figured they would have something well, with Record Eagle in it. Well, we get around the sports world, and we're going to do that this week by talking uh, some girls basketball as we go over the Lake Michigan Northwest and Big North conferences. We'll talk some hockey now that we are finally into the winter sports season. We'll talk some Bay Reps and some uh, uh, West hockey as well. And, of course, uh, we just can't let go of the fall sports, and we will do quick little wrap-up on the uh, end of the football season. Then we will get into the Retroactive Hall of Fame, which we're all very excited for. We did have uh, several candidates throughout the first 12 weeks that did not make it into the Hall of Fame, so we are going to go over those candidates and uh, elect a few into there, kind of like what the the writers do, kind of after... The Veterans Committee. Yeah, we are the the Veterans Committee, so we'll, uh, we'll do that. And then, actually, this week we will be getting, we're not getting rid of the trifecta, uh, but we are replacing the trifecta this week with a little feature we call Best Of, and as Harrison alluded to before, we will be talking about the best interviewees for both players and coaches around the coverage area. Before we do all of that, let's get into it and check the heartbeat of the sports world as we get into the pulse. The most intriguing of the three conferences that we're going over today, I would say, would be the Lake Michigan Conference. You have a a very talented St. Francis team, a Kalkaska team as well. They tied last year for the conference title going 13-1. You had the Glads go 19-2, Kalkaska 20-4. But I think, and, and I'll say this, one of the more interesting teams this year is going to be Charlevoix, which is coming in. Uh, with Elise Stuck after one of the best freshman campaigns you could probably have uh, for the for the Raiders, uh, how do we feel about the way that the Charlevoix is going to come into this season? Are they a surprising favorite, possibly? Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to be right there in it. I th- it's going to be, I think, at least a three-team race, like you were talking. You know, St. Francis obviously lost Juliana Phillips. That's a, a big loss, uh, both figuratively and literally. Um, and uh, Kalkaska also lost, you know, th- three starters, um, but they got Mackenzie Wilkinson back. You know, Charlevoix lost a couple of players as well, but they've got at least stuck back. So those two teams have their star players, their number one players returning. St. Francis still got, you know, you know, Bramer and Chenard, Chenard, yeah. Tarsa. You know, I mean, they've got they got three or four pretty quality players who got a lot of playing time last year, plus a few. Uh, players that got time off the bench, so they're going to have some experience. They get a decent number of players who played in the Final Four two years ago that are still on that team. So you know they they'll they'll be right up there too. I was looking at it uh, kind of like well, I watched Moneyball like a couple of weeks ago, and so I look at it like how do you replace a, a Juliana Phillips? Like you can't, and I don't even think you can do it like Moneyball style, where they try to just get like three guys that have the on base percentage that will add up to uh, Jason Giambi's. Is are they just going to have to find a new way to play ball uh, because they don't have Phillips? Uh, more than likely, having her uh, down there, uh, you know, down low, opened up the uh, the outside game for them. Is are they going to take a step back from the outside, being able to, you know, uh, kind of be sharpshooters? Yeah, I mean, I think in the same way she kind of affected the way the volleyball team played this year, uh, took away a little of the size advantage they'd had in years past. That's exactly going to be the case in basketball. But uh, they've got a lot of guards that are sharpshooters that are, are more than willing to take those shots. We've seen year in and year out uh, whether Juliana was playing those minutes or not or on the bench at the time. So I expect St. Francis to be in contention again. Something about Kalkaske, though. Uh, Dave Dalton, He's he's been in that... That uh, ben- head of that bench for a decade now, I want to say. 
At least. At least. Yeah. So, and he produces winners. And it always seems to be Kalkaska, St. Francis, Kalkaska, St. Francis. So, uh, I, I think we're very comfortable in saying they will be at the top of the mix again. And, <clears> and that's the stuck factor because, uh, what, they were regional finalists a year ago. Charlotte getting better probably throughout the season because I remember I caught a few of their early games against St. Francis and they didn't look that hot. So, they definitely improved throughout the year. I can't imagine what an offseason did to make them even better and at least now entering her sophomore season uh, with, with three years to go and she was already playing like a, a varsity star superstar in the area and just her first year of varsity play. Yeah, she's scary talented. I mean, scary talented for that Charlevoix team. Her presence yeah. on there made them go from 319 to in 2015 to 18 and 7 the, the following year. That's why I look at that team. I mean, she averaged 19 and 11 a game, which is, I'd say that's pretty good. Uh, you also have, uh, I know Rachel Nesberg, she graduated out of the program, but you have her younger sister, Natalie, uh, who is very quick and, and can shoot from the outside. And then you have sophomore Abby Cunningham, who started as a freshman and was a big presence down low uh, for Charlevoix. So really, you're going to have Elise Stuck, who's, what, 6'2", probably? 6'2", 6'3". Yeah, 6'2", around that point. She's probably still growing. So she's going to be running the point for you, but she's also going to be able to, I mean, she could hit from the outside. She can, you know, hit a, a stop, a uh, jump. Her, and then she can play inside as well. And I, I think is having, she the female LeBron James? Well, that's yeah, kind of isn't. I think no, so. my God. No, well, or Kevin Durant. I mean, the games that I saw of her theirs last year. I mean, you know, and sometimes they would just camp her down in the middle because obviously they had to take advantage of her height. But then they would run the offense through her in the post, where they would just they would get the ball down to her. As soon as she got the ball, three defenders are on her, and somebody's open, and then. She's a great passer, so she would find the open she person. Really is. And, you know, they get a lot of open looks out of that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a look at uh, Kalkaska. They're a team that won their district last year, lost to Cadillac 59-58 to in the regional championship. I was lucky enough to cover that game, and Brett likes to make fun of me. Our other host, Brett Summers, likes to make fun of me because I wrote, I think, 55 or 60 inches on that story. It was, I was there, too. It was a very compelling oh, game. Oh, it was an incredible game. Yeah. It ended up 59-58, uh, to 58, uh, and uh, Kayla Cavanaugh uh, hit a, a three-pointer with, like, 1.8 seconds left, and uh, they tried to steal the inbounds, but uh, they weren't able to do it. So, uh, yeah, uh, Calcasca lost that game. Um, I also want to say there was a there was a Hope Emmington, I think her name was, oh, yeah, on Hope Cadillac. Emington. She was on fire in the fourth. Yep. Had she missed a couple Actually, shots. That the, was a Calcasca victory. The Emmington sisters were uh, were pretty uh, on fire mm-hmm. in that game. Uh, I think what what hurts Calcasca is the loss of uh, Natalie Reichman. I mean, she was such a big force for them and really provided a another scoring and defensive option for uh, Mackenzie Wilkinson. Wilkinson is probably one of the most competitive athletes that I've ever seen. You guys agree with that? Oh, completely. wonder where she gets it from. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're going to say her father, right? So, well, her mom was a really good athlete, too. That's true. In Kalkaska. I mean, the, yeah, her mom and dad are two of the better athletes in Kalkaska, you know, high school history. Yeah, she just, I mean, she, we talked about uh, Stuck being scary talented Mackenzie Wilkin is just scary like she's kind of scares me a little bit because she is just so tough intense very very intense yes yeah I mean and on top of that they also lost Sapphire Lejewski and Michael Lejewski yep so there's three three starters that are gone yeah Kalkowski usually plays pretty deep though Dave likes to use his bench they do so they have a bunch of players they have a bunch of players that that come back that that played a decent amount last year Um, you know Kayla Kavanaugh she's going to need to step up and I think she will yeah I I think so too and Wilkinson is the only senior on the team right this year I mean, and so she's going to have to really take on a leadership role. When I was talking to her uh, a week or two ago for the story on when she committed to play college ball at uh, Davenport, that she was planning on taking on a real leadership role this year and that she was going to have to be a mentor and, and lead some of these younger players. I remember finding out last year when she was a junior, I was amazed. It was kind of my the same thing this year when I found out uh, Leland's Koblund was a junior, and I went, oh, my God, he still has... His senior year to go, that's going to be in- incredible to watch. Let's uh, go ahead and move on to the Northwest Conference, unless you guys want to make a prediction. who? All right, let's do that. Who's winning the Lake Michigan Conference of those three teams, or do we have an outsider that's going to come in and win that? I don't think it's going to be anybody outside of those three. I'm going to go Kalkaska, but definitely a race down to the end, which is what, I mean, St. Francis and Kalkaska were used to that, and I, I definitely think Charlotte Boy will be right in the mix as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the consistency of the Blazers. Okay. Yeah, and I just don't know that St. Francis will have anybody who can – who can counter Wilkinson down low without without uh, Phillips there? Uh, I just don't know who's going to be able to to guard her and and minimize her. 
uh, in the game, whereas you know perimeter players are perimeter players. Yeah. Um, and St. Francis will have good perimeter players, but I just don't know what how they're going to match up with Wilkinson. I'm going to go with Charlevoix. That's going to be my pick. I think that Stuck makes uh, another huge jump this year and uh, probably averages close to 25 points and 12 rebounds a game. That's where I have her. Maybe those are high expectations for someone like her, and maybe as a sophomore, maybe she'll have that sophomore slump. Maybe you'll have a lot more teams that know who she is coming into the game and, and game plan a little bit more for her, but I think she's talented enough to uh, to adjust on the fly and adjust through a, through a long grinding season and uh, and get hers uh, throughout throughout the season. They definitely have the highest ceiling, for sure. Yeah. yeah okay. I, mean, I mean, she's what? She's already getting Big Ten looks. That's, that, that's how talented people view her. All mm-hmm. right. Northwest Conference, let us get into that. Uh, basically, the, the two big teams there, you have Glen Lake and Kingsley. Uh, the Lakers are losing Kelly Bonick and Sarah Carney after going 23-4. and four. So uh, that's, those are two pretty big losses there, especially Bonick, who, who, runs, uh, who, you know, who ran the point, and then Carney, who was uh, a force down low. But they still have uh, Jennifer Lacrosse, Ali Bonzelet, Savannah Paplinski, who is one of my favorite players. I, I mean, I guess I'm not supposed to say favorite, but she did one of my favorite things. This was in the, uh, in the regional semifinal last year. She was just so on fire from outside that she actually hit one just from uh, a little between the top of the key and, and the elbow and just left her wrist up in the air while it you know, hit nothing but net, and uh, I talked to her about that after the game. She just like, I was just, I was feeling it, and uh, so she should be, you know, she should take a big jump for them, and then you have uh, Caitlin Schaub, uh, who will be a force for them uh, down low, getting uh, getting garbage points and, and picking up uh, big rebounds, um, and of course, Glen Lake went 16-0 and in that Northwest Conference. How do we feel about what the Lakers are going to do this season, guys? I, I, li- I like the, the team. I mean, that, that's four very quality players that they have back. I mean, so they're going to I think they're going to start off with uh, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of other teams. And other teams are going to have to catch up with them because of that. They have those four experienced players who have been to the Final Four. They've you know, won lots of games in the league and, and playoff games. Um, you know, they also got the uh, St. Francis monkey off their back last year. Yeah, which was big. And, uh, you know, and I think Caitlin Schaub is a tough player to match up with, too. You know, she's got you know, pretty decent moves in the paint. She gets offensive rebounds, obviously. And then I mean, she didn't do it as much last year, but the year before, she would step outside and shoot threes, and was pretty good at it. I mean, so she's got a, a pretty pretty versatile game for for a big girl. And then you got on the perimeter, you've got Lacrosse, Bonzelet, Pemblinski, maybe the best trio um, of players on the perimeter at least who, to start you, the season. Who do you think is going to run the point for them? Who's going to be their point guard? Is it Bonzelet? I would think either Bonzelet or Pemblinski. Lacrosse is a little bit more of a forward. You know, small forward type, um, but she will play a lot on the perimeter too. You know, they might not have one true point guard. They could just whichever one they want to bring up the ball can bring up the ball. Harrison, uh, Glen Lake went sixteen and zero last year, and they made a run to the state semis. Uh, are they doing that again this year? They're definitely the favorites to win the conference. I, I don't think you go undefeated and return that much talent from an undefeated conference team, and, and not be considered the front runner to to repeat. Um, but they're, they're going to get tough tests. You guys mentioned Kingsley before. Benzie's always been a sleeper team in the Northwest Conference. Frankfurt, uh, great coaching, great consistency there. So they're always good for, uh, for definitely a few upsets, if not being right there in contention. It, it's going to be a tough role, but they're definitely the favorites. So you get in that Class C bracket. They beat St. Ignis a year ago, which before St. Francis beat them, Two seasons ago, St. Ignis had made the Final Four like six straight years. They were the powerhouse girls basketball program in my coverage area. I know you guys don't really get to the St. Ignis Saints really, but um, for St. Francis to beat them one year and end that run and then Glen Lake to beat them the next, those St. Ignis teams are still loaded. Dorian Ingles is the head coach up there, and they just reproduce. We talk about Kalkaskin down here reloading. That's what St. Ignis does. So if they beat them in an Elite Eight game, in a quarterfinal game, that just shows how tough that program is. In return of that many girls, they're going to have another tough road to go, but they're definitely going to be looked at as one of the top-ranked teams in that division, and uh, they're definitely having a great opportunity to get back to, well, it won't be the Breslin this year. It'll be uh, boys are at Breslin, girls are moved to Calvin because of a scheduling conflict. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you brought up Frankfurt before, and they were one of the surprise teams last year, making a, a run to the Elite Eight before losing to Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does uh, Tim Resnich have this year that uh, that should have him feeling pretty confident about his team? Um, well, I mean, last year, I mean, they lose, they lose a lot. I mean, they lost uh, Cecilia Schmidt, I mean, who was the heart of the soul of that team. So they, it's been a while since they've had that, 
star player since they have gone into a season without that star player returning. You've either had Cecilia Schmidt or McKenna Kelly, you know, or players behind before that, or Brennan Bankston, all kinds of stuff, you know, where, where they just had elite players coming back that they knew they could count on to be their, their leading scorer. This year they don't have that, so there's that uncertainty. You know, I like uh, the Myers girl from Frankfurt. She really, last year as a freshman, played pretty well um, starting as a freshman, and uh, I think maybe she might be that that person who could step up and, and take that role eventually. All right, well, uh, let's take a quick look at Kingsley then, because we've you know we've talked about the other two teams. Kingsley's coming back with uh, I'd say a pretty stacked roster uh, that they have. They didn't lose too many seniors. They have Brittany Bowman, Becca Crosby, Lacey Benton, Jalen Brumfield, of course, uh, Phoebe Lutulip, Remy King, Kelsey Byes, uh, J.C. King, and Allison Folkersma. How do we feel about uh, the depth of that team and, and how they're going to perform this year? Yeah, I mean they are loaded. And Lindsey Boyajan too. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, yeah, they're going to be one of those teams. They're going to be right there uh, in the in the in the league, and you know, I think they're they're one of those teams that could make a long run. It, you know, it's it's one of those things like in volleyball where they're one of the smallest B teams, and they're going to have to beat teams like Kalkaska and Cadillac and bigger schools like Ludington and stuff like that in the playoffs. You know, so that's not an optimal position to be in. But I think that they're they are one of the best teams around here. I mean, they they are just loaded. Yeah, that is a deep team. I, I didn't really realize how many of the Lady Stags were coming back until you just read that list. But I, I think back a couple of years ago, I was attending a game, and I think they were about 500 a couple of years ago, so making strides. But uh, AD Mitch Mickenberg and I were talking on the sideline, and he just kind of says, you know, they're, they're working through some growing pains right now, but this group in a year or two, and we saw you know, them excel a little last year. He was, he was telling me once, once they get things in check and the right people coming up, it, it's, it's a very good-looking team on the floor. And that's, I think, what we're looking at right now is exactly what he was talking to me about two years ago is kind of what we have transforming right now in Kingsley. So I expect them to probably be the, uh, the best contender for Glen Lake in that conference. So uh, what, can we circle those games already as a must-see attraction? Yeah, I think so, definitely. How big of a, a jump do we expect Brittany Bowman to make? Uh, because she was uh, an all-region player as a freshman. I'm not sure if she got any all-state recognition, but uh, she was she's certainly a, a good player and small for her stature. But she just uh, she seems to be around the ball in the right place at the right at the right time. Yeah, I think she was honorable mention all-state last year. You know, I, I think that her game will continue to evolve and get better. I don't know that her stats will necessarily get better because they have so many other players on that team that can score that I don't know that anybody's going to have dominating stats which which is is good and bad and it's bad in the postseason for trying to get people awards in all state and stuff like that when you have somebody who is your best player on your team who averages 12 points because you've got six players or something averaging double digits right well whose uh, conference is this Glen Lake or Kingsley I think they're the they're the two favorites right now like you said Benzie Benzie will give people Benzie's a sleeper. They yeah. good three pointing, three point shooting team. The guys and the girls at Benzie, so that keeps in mm-hmm. games. Yeah, yeah. Benzie will. Benzie could be the 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 sleeper team there. They could be the spoiler because I mean, on any given night, I mean, they get hot. They could beat one of these teams, and uh, and that could be the difference in the conference race. But yeah, it's. I think it's definitely Kingsley and Glen Lake are, are the two teams that. Uh, that are the prohibitive favorites, and it's just a matter of who wins those head-to-head games between them or who doesn't slip up. Moving on to the Big North Conference, we'll wrap up our girls' basketball talk with that. Uh, probably the biggest storyline coming out of the Big North Conference, especially for us here in Traverse City, will be the suspension of Margot Woofter, who is going to be out uh, in... Uh, right now, we don't know how many games. Uh, we mm-hmm. have talked to Traverse City Central Athletic Director Mark Matson, and he has confirmed uh, that she is, in fact, suspended, but he was not uh, willing to uh, tell us why she was suspended or for how long she's going to be suspended. Uh, we had heard some numbers, uh, and I had asked Mark about that, but he had said uh, that's incorrect, so no need to, to, to spread any rumors about that. But what we do know is that she is going to be gone for... Uh, I wouldn't say significant part, uh, but her absence is certainly going to be significant uh, on that team uh, that managed to win the Big North Conference last year. Uh, James, how, how much of a, a loss is that going to be for uh, for the Trojans, and how will it change the team dynamic when she comes back? I mean, it's going to be a huge loss. I mean, she, you know, pretty much she is that team. I mean, even last year, uh, she was 
you know, the player you had to concentrate on, and then they lost probably their second and third best players to graduation after this. So with Stevie Herbers and Mary Drake. Yeah, and uh, so you know, without those two, um, if she's going to miss significant time at the beginning of the season, you got to wonder what they're going to do. Luckily, a lot of those games are going to be non-conference games, but if the suspension is as long as we heard, that's going to go into the conference a little bit, um, including one of the games against West. Possibly. So that could put kind of put them behind the eight ball as far as the conference race goes. Harrison, how much of a vacuum is there going to be at leadership for the Trojans with her gone? I think vocal leaders, you probably have a few more of those girls that'll, that'll fill in just fine. But I, I, I've said this probably for a couple of years now. Uh, Wolfter could play on the Trojan guys team. And I have no qualms in saying that. I joked with boys head coach Travis Schuber the other day, and I say joke. And I was talking to him about it. I, every time I see her, her, everything she does on the floor, from her presence, for her vision, her attack skills, her shooting, her de- everything, she could play on a guy's varsity team somewhere and be competitive and be a, a, t- a tough guard. So I think, as James was just talking about, that's, that's going to be a key cog to miss for a defending conference champion that won it kind of in the final week. Yeah, it just they're going to miss a lot of what she brings to the table. I think vocally they'll have some other girls that can kind of lead up the charge, but what she can produce night in and night out to win, win close games uh, I think is going to be sorely missed. And unlike other sports uh, in high school, they get to conference games right there in December. So there's going to be, you know, unfortunately, if they can pull them out, great. If not, they might be a few games back before she gets back, and that's uh, even for how good a player she is, that's a tough hole to dig out of. You know what would be great is if we could set up a one-on-one tournament between some of the best players that we have in our area. Because I think Wolfter would probably do pretty well, even in, you know, it'd be, how great would it be to see a one-on-one basketball game between, like, Ellie Stuck and Margot Wolfter? Yeah, and or you can Mackenzie have... Or Mackenzie Wilkinson and Wolfter. And you can have what? At least two of them going at the same time. You have one going on one half of the court, the other going on on the other half, I think. Yeah. James, you're that's I prefer that's NBA gold. jam rules. Let's get two on two and two light two the rim on, on fire. Two on two or three Gus on Macker. Three. Yeah, and do a little two. Gus Macker down Let's there. Let's just blow up this five on five thing. It's just wasting our time. Well, so Central won the Big North last year at eight and two. Cadillac was a game behind at seven and three. Yet Central going just twelve and eleven overall. But Cadillac going nineteen and six and, and making a run to uh, to state. Now I know Cadillac is in uh, Division uh, Class B, Class B, B. Yeah. Class B, and uh, and of course Central and West are in uh, Class A. But Cadillac doesn't have Kylie Christensen this year. They did, however, make another strong run in volleyball. Will we see that translate to the basketball court as it seems to have done the last few years, Cadillac's success, I would say? What, what benefits Cadillac, and this isn't to knock on any of their teams uh, in years past here, especially basketball, but what benefits Cadillac is, and that's probably the strength of being in the Big North Conference, when they go into that postseason in Class B, the road, if they can get by the UP team that's having a great year, the road sets up pretty nicely for those teams to get to the quarterfinal in volleyball, in basketball. And there was that one year we saw the boys' team make it three straight years to the Final Four at the Breslin Center. So if if the right opponents line up and they're having a, a, a great team that year, they, they I'm not knocking the opponents that they're playing, or I'm not trying to say that uh, the road is that much tougher in Class A, although Class A it is a step up, but... Um, the way it sets up for them, I mean, they're going to be competitive in the regular season, and they've got great opportunities with strong teams to make runs in the postseason. It just lines up that way, especially you know once they get by a Kalkaska, that is obviously the other big cog in their way. Yeah, and part of that is I think level of competition too, because you're you're used to playing these Class A teams in your league week in week out, the, yeah, and the then suddenly teams. now you're in the postseason and you're playing Class B teams. Um, it's like you know swinging a fungo bat. It doesn't get easier, but the you know the enrollment size is a thing. It's when you have less players to choose from. It's There's a reason why they options. do it. Yeah. Let's move on to Traverse City West. You have uh, Doug Bauman as a first-year head coach for the Titans, and I know that uh, when I covered the the announcement uh, last year at, at West High School, that the girls seemed really really excited and really pumped. Uh, do you think? Hopefully, that has. Uh, maybe translated into uh, the off season and then now into the uh, into the regular season. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, that that team went through so much last year, um, on and off the court. I mean, essentially they had four different coaches, four different head coaches on that team. I mean, you had Re- Rebecca McKee started the year, um, then she stepped down. Uh, you know, uh, 
month or so into the season. And then, uh, and then Mike Wildey took over. And he passed he away. He passed away, you know, shockingly, unexpectedly. Um, and then you had, I think for a little while, for a game or so, you had Jason Carmine right. mm-hmm. was the coach. The athletic director, and then and then Doug Bauman coached them in the playoffs. And when and when Doug coached them in the in the districts, they went up against Central, and Central had won those games in the regular season. They gave Central a bit of a fight. I mean, a pretty good fight. I mean, that game was close for like three quarters until um, Central pulled away. Um, so I think I think it was pretty obvious that those players, you know, will play for him. Um, and uh, so you know, I, I like what. I think that the they're going to have a, maybe a, a maturity about them, the stuff that they went through last year, as well as being a year older. I mean, they were a pretty fairly young team last year, and so I, I look for I look for bigger things out of them this year. I mean, they've got uh, you know they got Becca Borer in the middle. She'll be she'll be somebody that'll be hard to contend with, and then they've got a, a decent amount of other good players who got saw a lot of playing time next year, and you're just looking for a couple of those players to take the next step. Yeah, a great opportunity for growth this year. Just kind of reiterating what James said. You know, it's it's always tough to go through a season like that with so many changes and unfortunate happenings. Um, so they've got a great opportunity here. There's not a lot, of, I would say, high expectations for them. Um, so you know, kind of roll with roll with what you got. Get better each and every week, and uh, who knows? Maybe you give some teams some good games, and uh, at the end of, at the end of the day, maybe come postseason, you are once again threatening Central for that district title. Well, I know we are all excited for the girls' basketball season to get underway, and one of the seasons that is already underway is hockey. So let's move on to talk a little bit of hockey in our over and under reactions. We will start with the Bay Reps, who are off to a hot start at three and zero. So uh, a quick over and under reaction here is that this will be a historic season for the Reps. I think it's going to be really good. I mean, they had one they had one year early on, I think, under Rex Luxton, where they went like twenty and two or something. I mean, I'm going to take your word for that. I was probably at school. And, I'm also going to take yeah. your word for that because I'm yeah. probably not in the state. <clears throat> and that was like one of their first years. But uh, but I think it will. They will have uh, a really good season. I mean, look in the the three teams that they played so far are are, are all quality programs. It's not like they they went out and played, you know, have nots. In the in the hockey world, I mean, the hockey world is a lot of haves and have-nots. There's not a whole lot of in the middle. They went out and played three quality programs and and beat all three of them. And none of those games were particularly close either. I mean, I think they've outscored teams. They've only allowed three goals all season in, in those th- in those three games. And I don't know, they scored probably 15 at least, I think. And they used three different goalies. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. I'm refs, seeing this refs, right the refs, now. The refs used three just, different goalies in those three different games. Okay, I was just going to ask because you've got uh, Dominic Natolo, um, and uh, I thought he would certainly be uh, the main guy for them. But you've got what Cam Cam Lannan, Lannan, and okay. then they've got uh, Vika Lipsinen. Okay, I a don't foreign exchange student yeah, from I Finland. I don't remember him from last year. I remember Cam, and I remember Dominic. Dominic uh, came on mm-hmm. later in the year. I believe what he had been playing for the North Stars uh, before. Yeah, before he had uh, he jumped on there, and he, but if you have three guys at goalie that can be that effective, you don't really have to worry about any of those goalies getting burnt out throughout the season. I mean, this is going to be a great situation for them. And this is year number two under head coach Ryan Federinchik. Shout out to my former T-ball teammate on the Little Eagles, Ryan, uh, entering his second year uh, with the Bay Reps program. And, you know, the guy the guy loves hockey, and he, he was very excited for that opportunity when I talked to him last year to, to be a head coach of a varsity program up here where he played. He played at Traverse City Central uh, right around when I was at school there in the early 2000s. And uh, he was really excited to kind of get back and, and be with a program and help them grow, and you could see them growing. They were playing tough. They weren't winning a ton of games a year ago, but they were playing tough in a lot of those games, and I think that's kind of rolling over with a lot of the guys they have coming back. You know, they want to build off that momentum, and, uh, yeah, let's see what happens when they when they play Central West here in a few weeks in the Scott Miller tournament and uh, in the postseason. Uh, we'll move on now to Traverse City West, uh, who beat number one Warren De La Salle. So the over-under here is that the Titans have a the makings of a team to make a deep run in the postseason over or under reaction on that one. I, I think with Traverse City Central and West, it's a, it's a always a possibility. I mean, those teams go and they play such high quality opponents in outside of the league. I mean, in the league, you get some you get some tests too, and obviously from each other. But then outside the league, West and Central both go out and find as good a games as they can get, which they have to do because. Especially Central early on, they're usually drawing a Muskegon team, and West by the district final is drawing a Rockford 
or uh, East Kentwood, I'm kind of blanking on the other few teams that usually play in that D1 bracket, but they're going to get a test in order to get to that second week of the hockey postseason. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's not an easy get to get out of districts and and make much of a run, but, you know, the schedule helps those teams, and then, I mean, they just looked they just looked impressive. I mean, Central and West have both kind of been teams in the last few years that have kind of started a little slow, and part of it's because they, right off the get-go, play teams that are ranked in the top ten. They don't shy away from anybody. I mean, this tur- this tournament that West hosts, De La Salle's in that every year. I mean, they came in ranked number defending one in the state. state. Champs. Defending state champs. I mean, and that was Central's first game of the year. And, and perhaps to Central, they were down 3 nothing in that game, came mm-hmm. back to get it to 3-2, to two, and had several great looks that could have tied the game up in that third period. So they, they didn't take a 3 nothing deficit and say, hey, let's just play for the Farmington game tomorrow. No, they stayed in it, and they you know definitely wanted to get some goals on the board. And when they realized they had two, they were they were all in it to try and tie the defending champs up. I, I mean, and, and West, um, you know, Mark Alexikoff uh, came up with two big goals in that game against De La Salle. Uh, Zach Van Antwerp scored the game winner, and you know Van Antwerp and Alexikov both have had really good tournaments in that tournament. If they had an all-tournament team, they, those two would would probably definitely be on that. They just have to have a lot of momentum too. I mean, beating the number one team in the state—it's the first time that West has ever beaten De La Salle, and De La Salle is in West tournament every year. So I mean, that that's just a huge momentum getter. I believe this is the first time that De La Salle has not won that tournament. How much confidence does that give uh, a West team to to start off the season with uh, with a big upset like that? It, it's gotta. I mean, they you know, and and they started off the season playing Farmington. They they tied them, which mm-hmm. I think was kind of disappointing because they kind of came into that. They game went they had the one nothing lead, and they yeah. gave up two goals in that first period. And then I left, and then I heard they tied them. Yeah, and late start. So I think that was kind of a disappointing start for them, and then they rebounded from that. I mean, and then Central the next day goes and brings six goals up on Farmington. So I think that was disappointing, and but they rebounded the next day, beat De La Salle. So I, I think it is a, a, a pretty big, pretty big win, and just kind of a, a thing for them where they're like, okay, well we can bounce back from a from an off game against Farmington and beat the number one team in the state. All right, well, here's the last time that we'll actually be able to talk football, especially for the 2017 season. Uh, talking about uh, the, the postseason, we had 14 area football teams now. I know that, Harrison, your wider, your, your coverage area is uh, quite wider than ours, but in terms of the record eagle coverage area, we had 14 teams make it, including all of the Traverse City teams, West Central and St. Francis. Uh, you had Frankfurt, Glen Lake, Grayling, Elk Rapids, Gaylord St. Mary, Joburg, Central Lake, Misig, Sutton's Bay, Onekama, and Bel Air. But the over-under reaction here is more than 14 teams make it next season, including West Central and St. Francis. I'd be willing to say more, and I guess maybe this factors in my entire viewing area over yours, but I'd be willing to say more just because I think we get a few more teams in the eight-player division, and with two 16-team brackets, there's a lot of opportunities for teams to really pick up wins and, and get in the postseason. So I'm, I'm going to go above on that and, and just assume that with the drop-downs, that, that probably fills in more spots for Northern Michigan teams that are that want to do like Central Lake just did and have that opportunity to compete for a state title, whereas they're seeming to have problems with it in the 11-player division. But I, I, I think that it definitely could be more than that. I know in previous years we've had, like, 16. And, you know, teams, you could see a couple more teams, like maybe a, a Charlevoix. You know, eventually Petoskey, I think, will get back. Is Charlevoix a team that should consider dropping down to eight-man? With their numbers, I don't know, maybe. Maybe they look at it. I don't know that they will. I know you're going to see more eight-man teams next year. I, I, I heard that Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart is going to drop down to eight-man. I don't know how many more teams up here will, but um, I think some of the some of the holdout Ski Valley teams, I think you're going to have some, some schools that might, might, might look at it. Gaylord St. Mary's really resisted it. Joburg kind of has, but maybe they might look at it. Mancelona, I think it's got to be a consideration, uh, especially when they look at Central Lake and and Onekama and what they were able to do playing in that playing that level. Yeah, I think Central just better suited for the number of kids you have. I, I think Central Lake gets a lot of those smaller schools kind of excited about it and go, all right, well, they went two and seven last year and. They went 13-0 and after they dropped down to 8-man, to and maybe they'll say, well, maybe it's lesser competition, but it's a different game, and uh, I don't see why any school that is struggling with numbers uh, wouldn't uh, at least consider uh, heavily 
dropping down to eight man from eleven man. I would much rather be going to bed every night uh, clutching a state championship than uh, wondering what if and for the future of an eleven player division if that's the case. Yeah. Same here. I would much rather have a uh, state medal around my neck. Speaking of Central Lake, is that Rob Hickey, it appears, is going to win the uh, the online voting part, at least, of the Detroit Lions Coach of the Year Award. With a, with a day left when I talked to uh, to Chris Fritching at the uh, Detroit Lions yesterday, um, he said that, uh, that Hickey had something over 14,000 votes. What now? <laughs> And that's that's way above everybody in Central Lake and Ellsworth combined. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think the, the, um, the Central Lake was posting it. Um, their football page and Twitter page and stuff like that was posting it. And I think they had figured out that you can vote once every hour. So you and literally they had a lot of Wi-Fi usage over there. Four hours. Hey, yeah. I vote. I voted for them. And so. they kind of had a weak head start because the eight-man finals were done right before the eleven-player finals. Uh, so you had a little bit of a head start in that way. Another but, reason uh, to switch to So that man. counts as one sixth of the vote for the. Uh, for the actual Lions oh, nice. Coach of the Year award. Yeah, if, um, I, if then, I voted, I'd, uh, I'd certainly cast my ballot for Hickey. Yeah, then there's there's four other media voters around the state, and then, uh, and then one, one, one of them? the Lions. Uh, yes. Not so humble. I, I, I think I'm going to get outvoted. So of those, you, you guys saying that we have a good possibility of having more teams, do we also believe that all uh, three Traverse City teams, uh, West, Central, and St. Francis, are going to make it next year? Yeah, I think so. I think Central and West have built themselves up as far as their programs to the point where, uh, you know, I think they'll be perennial playoff contenders here for a while. Uh, St. Francis is a virtual shoe-in to get in the playoffs, uh, so I, I think there's a pretty good chance of that. Yeah, the way the way those uh, all three programs are lined up from top to bottom, and uh, you know, JV and freshman teams and whatnot, they're, and the way they play non-conference schedules, especially Central and West, that that helps uh, get them big opponents and big playoff points early. That uh, can help them put them in the twenty eighteen brackets next year. Well, that puts a nice little holiday bow on the two thousand and seventeen football season here why don't we move into the get around hall of fame we're doing a retroactive hall of fame in which we look back on the fall sports season and induct some of those who uh, possibly could have made it uh, but were uh, were outvoted let's look at who is in right now we have uh, glenn lakes kate peterson traverse city west's annika d leland's ali martin uh, traverse city central's martin foley glenn lakes nick apsey traverse city central's cl carney Grayling's Justin Nicholas, uh, Traverse City St. Francis tennis player Nathan Sodini, Buckley's Joey Weber, Frankfurt's Griffin Kelly, and then uh, two Central Lakes in Grand Papineau and Gavin Mortensen. So those are the athletes who are in. Let's go ahead and take a look at who was left out. You had uh, from Traverse City West, Ryan Hayes and John Jerkovich. You had uh, Leland goalkeeper Andy Mosqueda, uh, Kingsley volleyball player Jessica Leffler, uh, uh, North Bay's Brett Dyer, Buckley's Ridge Beamond. Uh, I would say this next one certainly has to get in there, and that's Leland's Coblund. Uh, Central Lake Skyler Spangler, the West Golf Team. Gaylord St. Mary's Cal Gilling, uh, Traverse City Central. Uh, Jordan Christopher, who had a, a pretty fantastic game against Traverse City West in that playoff game. I think he had, what, 16 tackles, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery. He was just basically... Uh, all over the field on that game. Traverse City, St. Francis's Joey Muzlakovich, Central Lakes, Vance Hoxima, and Traverse City, St. Francis, uh, Nathan Schmuckle. Let's kind of just go up and down the board there. Ryan Hayes, is he a get-around Hall of Famer? Do we put him in? I mean, Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people here that, that I think should be. We just only have so many spots. Um, why don't are, we, we, are we only putting in one right now? Why don't we go list? ahead, we'll put in five. We can only put in five here. Well, all right, so here are ones that I think have to be in, and I think Jessica Leffler needs to be in, I think Brett Dyer needs yeah. to be in, and I think yep. Koblund needs to be in. So there are three right there. Let's go ahead and argue about the last two. Would that work? Sure. Sounds good to me. All right, so congratulations, Jessica Leffler, North Bay's Brett Dyer, and then Leland's Koblund. Uh, you are now enshrined in the Get Around Hall of Fame. So who are the two that joined them? Ryan Hayes, John Jerkovich, uh, Andy Mosqueda. I think we can... Uh, eliminate him because he didn't play the uh, the final uh, portion of the season after uh, after getting suspended, uh, but he was up uh, at one point during the season. I think we can 
eliminate the West golf team since they're not really an athlete. It was a collection of athletes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Annika D already got it, right? She was one of the winners. D uh, so, um, did indeed yeah. get it. Um, uh, let's see who else we can kind of throw off. Uh, Vance Hoxima had a great performance uh, in the in the championship game for Central Lake, but that was only a uh, second half, so I don't know if it constitutes uh, an entire season worth. If that's what we're doing for this category, which it sounds like we're taking a majority of the season work from this It is pretty much, so yeah. It's, it's the it's Great work by Vance. Um, oh, huge. Big, it was amazing. You're, you're, you're a big reason why that state title came home. It was amazing watching that mm-hmm. kid. I mean, five, six, 140 pounds, moving players If you around, want to hear all about Vance, incredible. re-listen to last week's podcast because yeah, we I talked about ta- him for 15 minutes. I think I did talk about him for a <laughs> mm-hmm. well, Okay, so who are some kids from that list that... Uh, that are pretty much locks to make it in other sports. Ryan Hayes. Hayes, Muzlakovich. I don't think you should let that affect it necessarily. We're rewarding these guys for what they do that's, in their fall true. sports. That's true, but I, I'm just thinking if, you know, it's to, as a way to maximize some stuff. Right, because we're not, once you get in, you're never getting in again. Right. Once you're it's, enshrined, it's a one you're time. enshrined. Yeah, it's yes. a one-time thing. Uh, yeah, Ryan Hayes probably going to get in. Uh, Ridge Beeman possibly for the uh, the basketball season, I, uh, I, I would say. Well, just because he's yeah. probably one of the better defensive players in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, Cal Gilling, do we want to put Gilling in after what he did this season? I mean, right? I, I would... I, probably the I, 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 I that's one of the ones I was kind of going to. All right, so I think I mean, there's his, your fourth. His numbers were absurd, and on that in that offense with... All the quarter, all the injured quarterbacks that they had. Well, and he just—he was averaging a, a three 12, to four touchdowns a game, and he got well over. Yeah, he had like Griffin Kelly like numbers, but he played more. He got more snaps. He carried the ball more. I mean, he averaged like twelve yards a carry, kind of like Griffin Kelly did. Um, but everybody who played St. Francis or St. Mary, you knew exactly who was going to get the ball, and they still. They did have Alex Cherry was another big part of their running game. Alex Cherry was, yeah, it's another nice player. Um, but Cal was definitely the number one option, and he always seemed to deliver. Mm-hmm. So um, I would think statistics alone probably put him in. All right, so we got Leffler, Dyer, Lund, and Gilling now. Which I'm happy because that was my nominee a couple weeks back. Yes, it was, but I kind of figured he was getting in. We got one spot left. Ryan Hayes, John Jerkovich. Uh, Ridge Beeman, Skyler Spangler, Jordan Christopher, Muzlakovich, and Schmuckle. I don't know. Christopher, well, he, he did have that incredible game. I don't know his numbers throughout the season, but he did really, you know, he had a great one there. Hayes, uh, more than likely he's getting in. I would say Hayes and Muzlakovich are getting in during the baseball season. Um, yeah, Hayes maybe even during basketball. Yeah, Hayes possibly during basketball. We got one spot left. Uh, Spangler? From Central Lake? I mean, do we basically put the entire three-headed monster of Papineau, Mortensen, and, and Spangler into the get-around Hall of Fame? It was a historic season. I, I mean, well, the only thing I know is Jerkovich is he, he padded a lot of TCOS highlights uh, early and often this season. So he was, he was, I think, definitely a big reason why they got out to you know this great 2017 that they did. But having said that, you're absolutely right. Spangler on Central Lake is probably a little more important than Jerkovich was. To no, Jerkovich was a fantastic player. I got to watch him play, I think, eight or nine times. And he was not only a, a very effective uh, offensive player from the running back position, but he could catch a few passes and, and was, was good in the pass game as well. But his defense was also great. He was always around the ball. If Whenever you listen to the announcer at Thurlby Field or wherever they were playing, there was always Jerkovich in on the tackle. That seemed to be the case. But, again, you also have Spangler, who was a two-way player and uh, was, was guarding some of the, the best players uh, on defense for Central Lakes. So it's, so it's down to this. It's down to these two, we'll right? Just take a vote? We'll just have to take a vote, yeah. I don't – man, it's, this is a tough one to actually pick because – It is. Uh, Spangler. They're, pretty, they're pretty similar players. They are, to, yeah, to an extent, yeah. But we can't like we can't cop out on this and just be like, well, we're gonna, we'll just put in six. I said five, so it's got to be five. I think I I just kind of said my great great season for Jerkovic. Uh, I think Spangler was a little more important to his team than Jerkovic was, just a little bit more, uh, based on how super dynamic he was, and and then they're just incredible run to win it all. So I'm gonna go slightly Spangler. I, I'll go I'll go Jerkovic just because. Um, do you want to put the onus on me to do this? Is that what it is? So I get no, the angry No, emails? no, You no, did no. cover West all am, season, and you covered Central Lake State Championship, so you're probably just as important as I anybody. Know more, I, I have probably the the best, um, uh, I, I guess, vision on, on these two or to... 
to make the decision. So if you're going Djurkovic... I'm, my thinking on Djurkovic is that Spang- to kind of to spread the uh, the picks out among uh, school sizes. We were picking a lot of small school athletes, and yeah, you, know, you did have you had Jerkovic playing in uh, you know uh, in, in in Division One, so mm-hmm. that's that's tough, and, and doing a lot of the same things that Spangler did. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to uh, to Spangler uh, just because I think what what he did in the uh, in the state championship game and, and the run of the state championship the the three-headed monster that they had uh, I believe that's uh, all of them were worthy of getting in Jerkovic an incredible season I don't think anybody here is discounting that he, he certainly had uh, a great season for them but uh, he got past all those other runner-up nominees yeah he certainly the final did, yeah. six, so. so and a pretty good bet to make it next year yeah I, I would say uh, I would definitely say that especially since it's, he's such an effective uh, two-way player, and he plays special teams as well. I mean, he was taking uh, kickoffs. He was our back. unanimous choice ahead of Ryan Hayes, a future Michigan Wolverine, to be discussed in this topic. So, Well, Ryan Hayes is getting in for basketball or baseball. Right. Well, you congratulations yeah. to uh, Jessica Leffler, Brett Dyer, Koblund, Cal Gilling, and Skylar Spangler. You are now in the Get Around Hall of Fame. Moving on now to the best of category. Uh, as we get into that, taking away the trifecta just for a week, maybe two, who knows. Uh, but we are discussing, uh, as journalists, we are you know, fortunate to, our, our job is to talk to people. And uh, we get pretty lucky uh, to talk to some really good players and really good coaches. And we're going to go with uh, the best of our interviewees as we name our all-interview team. Uh, anybody want to get started with, uh, with some of our picks? I mean, we can, we can stay in the stay in the uh, the Central Lake train and, and go with Gavin Mortensen. He was I mean, great after they won. After yeah. they won, he was just he was a fantastic interview. The game that I covered too. I mean, he yeah he was just a, he just seemed so comfortable doing it and wasn't boastful or anything, but still provided good commentary, good comments. Just spoke well, spoke enthusiastically, said good things, without taken down the other team or anything. I'm, uh, I'm nominating TC Central's... T- well, I got, I got two nominations that come to my mind. For one for the, this season... Well, not season. nominations. I mean, these are just who we think Shout are... Outs. Yeah, who, yeah. who are some mm-hmm. of the well, best Well, for this season, uh, I mostly just do football interviews. I'll grab... You know, I'll, I've talked to Annika D. I've talked to C.L. Carney about their accomplishments. Most of my interviews revolve around the football teams uh, and based off their wins on Fridays and whatnot. Uh, I've covered the Central West game and previewed it for about six years now, seven years now. And all those guys have been great interviews. They've always been really excited to play in that game and given me a lot of good stuff to work with. Something about Terry O'Connor this year, though, he, he was very comfortable talking to me about the game and you know laying it out for me. There's, I'm sure there's certain things that Coach Sugars and Coach War want those guys to avoid, and I'm not saying Terry O'Connor went there with me, but he, he seemed very comfortable speaking from his mind and not rehearsing what he was going to be talking about. I wanted to be very careful. What he was, he was selective, but yet insightful about what he was sharing with me about what the game meant, and, and I think it meant a lot to me and then hopefully our viewers to kind of see that perspective uh, going into a, the biggest football game of the season up here like that, and that's not an easy thing to do, and he seemed very comfortable doing it and uh, a great interview. So he's my nomination for this year, like my pick for this year. Well, I think one, uh, this kind of starts from, uh, from last year. Uh, when he started this category, James, uh, you and I were thinking of, oh yeah, a best of would be great if we did that, you know, as a Sunday centerpiece or, or anything like that. But one of the categories that immediately came to mind was, you know, best interview, all interview team. And Traverse City West uh, basketball player, a uh, former basketball player now, uh, Nandy Lacusa, is was an incredible interview. Just every after every game, I was like, Nandy, I'm gonna talk to you like because if I wanted good quote I got good quote from him he was uh, emotional but intelligent about what he was saying uh, which made him uh, a lot of fun uh, to talk to and uh, I, what I'll say is I'll probably miss talking to him uh, this season after after what he did uh, last year he was just yeah like I said emotional but intelligent um, mm-hmm. there was just I mean I have I have a huge list here uh, Leland's Rowan Wilson is a fantastic interview. Uh, West volleyball player Grace Martin is, is great. If uh, we were talking about this athlete before, Kenzie Wilkinson, fantastic uh, interview, just because she loves the games that she, you know, the sports that she plays so much that she can talk about them uh, from her heart and, and not feel 
Uh, you know, we, we talk about these all interview teams. The I think the qualities that we talk about they're they're not nervous. Uh, they're insightful, thoughtful, intelligent, and humble. A lot of the times, um, and, and I think that's really what makes uh, a great uh, a great interview. And, uh, and Kenzie's also doesn't seek out uh, the media or anything like that. She's kind of shy in that way, and that she doesn't really want to be interviewed. But when she gets interviewed, she's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How about for uh, for the coaches who uh, who we say kind of goes up there as, uh, as some of the best coaches that we've uh, we've interviewed? Um, I mean, just in general, I can say if, if you if you're just going to pick out one sport, players and coaches, hockey. I've had such good experiences with interviewing hockey players, hockey coaches. After a game, whether it's a win or loss, the hockey coaches will they will just break it down and put it out there. You know, that we didn't do this, we did this. You know, like the other day, I, I walked up to Chris Gibbons after the 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 game, uh, the first game of the West tournament, and he just said, oh, "Our second period was awful." And you don't get that from a lot of coaches and stuff. It's, it's just an it's just an honesty and a you know just putting it out there and telling you what they think. And the players, the players just like to joke around. You know, they they're good they're good interviews, but they have a little bit more of a personality. Yeah, kinda. Um, and the well, coaches even too. When I was setting up the uh, the the picks for the NFL picks last week. It was the three TC hockey coaches. And uh, so I had like a group text going with them to get their picks and to get their pictures and everything like that. And then Jeremy Rentala sent his picture in that. And uh, and Chris Gibbons' response was, ooh, that's a steamy mug shot. <laughs> and, uh, it's too bad that we qu- can't quote Gibbons off of like his uh, Facebook post. His social media is hilarious. He's great. If you are friends with him on Facebook or follow him on Twitter, he will just, I don't know what motivates him, but he will just say something. It's great. Uh, yeah, if, if there was a, a pick for all social media team, he would certainly be the head coach. Yeah, he'd be great. But then even then replying to that, then... Uh, the Rintala and Gibbons were both joking with Ryan Federinchik about what to look forward to, and they were both saying how they lost their hair, and they're like, "So you have that to look Sorry, forward. Ryan. You have that to look forward to." And then he replied something like, "Well, I guess I've got a lot of catching up to do." <laughs> Harrison, uh, a coach for you that you think uh, would uh, make the all interview? Team. Oh, you guys will, you guys will love this one. Uh, not Gary, but Jerry Angers is. Uh, one of my favorite people to talk to, probably probably because he was my actual first um, sports interview up here. I was a producer on the morning show, and in 2010, our old sports guy, Giacomo Cardo, said, hey, I need the Glen Lake preview. I'm going to send you out there and do it. And, and Jerry was the first coach I ever interviewed for, for the uh, for the station coverage, at least. Such a strong um, bond there between the it, two of It you goes pretty far back. And uh, I think I even screwed up with the camera that day with a battery or something. So Sounds I had to come right back. Yep, had to uh, you know interrupt him several times, but he was very cool. And through the years, we've, we've just developed a very good rapport with each other. And uh, he's just usually gives me every, everything I want to know and uh, a very... Uh, insightful interview and uh, important to really discuss Glen Lake football and uh, football across northern Michigan in general because we always want to ask the coaches opinions of their opponents and whatnot. So, All right, well, here comes me being called the Buckley Homer again. Uh, I, I noticed this as uh, soon as I started uh, the uh, – before we started the season, I wanted to talk to Joey Weber uh, about his goalkeeping skills, uh, which uh, how – uh, smart does that make me look since we did that feature on the anatomy of a shootout talked to Joey Weber and then he ends up being incredible in the shootout but uh, I talked to uh, head coach John Vermilia at the beginning of the season and he was just uh, about as personable as you can get honestly I don't know if anybody else is like as another good social media coach as well yeah and just extremely friendly really warm and is happy to talk to you uh, doesn't seem to have uh, a bad day. I mean, I'm sure that he does, but when he was t- any time he talked to me, he didn't seem to. But throughout the uh, during the you know the preseason for soccer, and then when I did the the story about the the five players who were also on the basketball team and how that would help them playing soccer, uh, and then throughout the, the regular season and certainly uh, on the uh, Buckley Bears run to the state finals, uh, I would say that uh, John Vermilia is certainly uh, one of my uh, favorite coaches to interview. Yeah, he's basically a, a public speaker for a living. Yes, he is, <laughs> so he is a pastor. <laughs> yeah, certainly does. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Get Around Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to us uh, 
talk and be long-winded and uh, what we appreciate you. Hopefully we're not hurting your ears too much uh, as we continue to talk uh, local sports up here in the northern Michigan area. Uh, make sure that you come back on Thursday as we release uh, the all-region girls and boys cross-country teams in a special episode. We will reveal uh, Dream Team, Second Team, Runners of the Year, as well as Coaches of the Year, so you make sure you want to check that out. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Brendan Queeley, and alongside me this week were Harrison Beebe and James Cook. Brett's back next week. I believe Brett is back next week. Have a good week, everyone. I'll keep the phone by me just in case. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. <laughs>